You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. After an 0-3 start, your Houston Texans have sole possession of first place in the AFC South. Yeah, that's what I said. They go on the road to Jacksonville, get Blake Bortles benched, and oh yeah, they beat the Jags 20-7. Welcome aboard, everybody. Robert Land from the Houston Sports Talk Podcast, along with co-host Brian Patterson from fansideshousehouston.com. We bring tons of experience with you covering Houston sports over 30 years. Thanks for diving into your best daily source of Texans news, views, and interviews. And also guesting with us is our correspondent from LockedOnTexans.com. He helps us out on the website. Great work writing is Calvin Crawford. And uh, this one was interesting, Brian, because Deshaun Watson had to be driven to the game because of low oxygen levels. Uh, you know, it's one of those deals where the, the oxygen levels could put pressure on his bruised lung if he flew. So Watson, they get him to the game somehow. Greg Mance starts for an injured Zach Fulton and the big news to start the game. And Brian, I know you got to be happy about this. Andre Hal gets the start. I didn't even think he was going to play this week. And he was starting, got in even on the first play, got a little hit in there too. So that was pretty cool. You're thinking when... Was he going to even play this season? I'm, I'm thinking, let alone, you know, being able to, you know, return and get back to practicing and whatnot. This guy is back as if, you know, this never happened. And um, I, it just it's just amazing with this, with the way he was able to come back from this, because I do believe that he had a similar to what David Quesenberry had um, and he was able to, to, you know, get the treatment. He decided not to go through chemo. And I think that was one of the reasons as to why there were alternative treatments because a guy said he wanted to play uh, this season. Maybe Questenberry didn't have that option, but he chose not to, and it's paying big dividends for him. He got the start, too. That's what I thought was Yeah, yeah, cool. that's what I was mentioning earlier. And, and Calvin Crawford, just give me your opening thoughts. Uh, just what, what did you think about this performance and, and, and what stood out for you in this game? I think that uh, when the Texans find that they can't really pass block at all, they turn to Lamar Miller and they run the ball and they play defense and they run the ball some more and play more defense. And it helps when you play an opponent today like the Jaguars who are kind of reeling for the third straight week, third straight week, um, don't really have an offensive identity. And the Texans luckily were able to capitalize on it in the first half in that first uh, part there, the third quarter, because after that, it did stall a bit, but they had a 100-yard rusher today for the first time in a while. I think Lamar Miller uh, had 100 yards exactly for the first time since the end of 2016. So now you find the Texans can adapt when the passing game's not there and their old line can't block those uh, Jackson's pass, Jacksonville pass rushers. They just let Lamar let Lamar, uh, Lamar Miller go, and they bring Alfred Blue in there to compliment him, and it worked out well today. Let me tell you why this works and why this is going to be a situation that we need to keep on with it. This There should be some continuity with this game plan. It's going to save Deshaun Watson's legs. Look at what he ran today, 15 yards on the ground. Usually he's averaging 40-plus. You pretty much have taken at least 75% of his running away with Lamar Miller doing the work. This is going to save Deshaun to make sure that he is – you know, ready to play. I don't know if he's going to be doing the bus thing, you know, throughout the season. Yeah, forget saving his legs. How about his lungs? (laughs) That's what we need to save. (laughs) 
uh, which which that's the most important. But I, you know, Lamar Miller just he hasn't, you know, like you said, the, the end of December, the exact game was against the Colts, December 11, 2016. He had 107 yards. You know, after that, 2017, you know, 50 here, 90 here. You know, he almost had it against the Patriots in week one, he had 98 yards. So he was edging closer, but I like this game plan. They weren't able to stop it. Now, again, they can't do it every game because, you know, we got to keep it, you know, interesting, you know, we got to change up the schemes. uh, So that way, you know, we're not predictable because, you know, we used to call Gary Kubiak, very predictable. They knew what we were going to run, but Bill O'Brien's got a hell of a playbook and I'm hoping that he uses every bit of it to try to make this offense work. I saw, did you say Bill O'Brien's got a hell of a playbook? (laughs) What? What? He's just not using it. That's what it is. Yeah, that's interesting <laughs> because, you know, the, the what I noticed is, you know, sometimes we just get caught up in, well, the offensive line is not pass blocking well, so they stink. But and that's true. It's, it's true that they stink at pass blocking, but they were fantastic in run blocking and, and they've showed moments this year. It's not been every game. It's been inconsistent, but they've had moments where the run blocking has been good. I mean, Greg Mance. Uh, probably not as good a run blocker as, as Zach Fulton. Well, I don't know. Zach Fulton, we, we've seen his numbers on Pro Football Focus, and his much he's much better pass blocker than he is a run blocker. So maybe it was a little bit of improvement. They, they ran a lot his direction. They ran over Greg Mance quite a bit. It seemed like they also ran behind Nick Martin. It was the two of those guys that they were running behind, which was interesting. Uh, you know, you look at a couple things that happened on the offensive line, uh, that first possession – Sometimes it's uh, stuff that is just uh, it's it's not the guys that we think it's going to be. Jordan Akins he misses a chip. Greg Mance uh, some bad blocking. There was kind of a stunt there that they did, and that led to a third down sack and and, and a Kaimi Fairbairn field goal. Uh, there was a you know a legal procedure play that uh, Martinez Rankin who was playing some tackle or some not tackle. I guess he was sort of like sort of tackle eligible, I should say. And, and, and that, that hurt you. So those guys were, it was just some little things that were bothersome on, on some pass plays, but the run blocking was solid. I mean, that's part of the equation, Calvin. I mean, you, you got to run block uh, as well. And, and maybe with Deshaun Watson, it's, it's time to start letting him just be a game manager. Cause this defense looks really good right now. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think they forced three turnovers today, and for once, I, I think it was Deshaun Watson snapped his streak of consecutive games with an interception. I think it was up to eight games as of last week, but yes. he didn't turn the ball over today. So, yeah, I agree. Like, uh, he still has yet to play. A, Deshaun Watson still yet to play a full season, and he is. I agree. He should be in that game manager role and let. Uh, relax the offense with those like five, seven step drops and just like uh, let them use their strength, which is run blocking and set Lamar, let Lamar Miller lose, get a little play action in there. And, and exactly like you said, uh, save his lung, not even his leg, save his lungs. So he doesn't take those unnecessary hits. Yeah, let's talk about that defense in just a second. But I, I want to take a quick second also to remind everybody that if you're enjoying Locked On Texans, and I hope you are, tell your friends. Tell them to, they can catch us on Spotify, the Google Podcast app, iTunes. You can also support the show. I mean, this is a way for you to keep us on and keep giving you daily content, uh, stuff like uh, the stuff we're doing after the games, but not just that. 
We're, we're going at you every day trying to keep up with everything that's going on with the Texans. But support us by sharing our show links with your social media followers, maybe. Tell your friends also, but also that's another way to do it. And also take a few seconds, rate us on iTunes. Email us at LockedOnTexans at mail.com if you want to be a part of the conversation. We'd love to hear from you. Send us your questions or comments to LockedOnTexans at mail.com. And also, uh, you can also support us by going to my bookie, our partners over there. If you think you can make some money, and you could have if you bet on the Texans in this one, or you'd like to put a few bucks on any games in the upcoming weeks, go to mybookie.ag. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. They've been in business for years, have great reviews, their mobile site, easy to use, and we'd only recommend a service that's been good to us. That's why we urge you to make your way to MyBookie. You win, they pay. It's that simple. They have in-game live betting over-unders on fantasy points scored, the most rewarding player perks in the biz. If you're willing to deposit after 6 p.m. Central Time, they'll give you an additional $25 free play on deposits over $100. That's a cool deal. Join now, and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON25 to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. If you wait till 6 p.m., you can get that extra $25 free play by using the promo code LOCKEDON25. Go ahead. Wait after dinner. Take the extra. Wait till after dinner and take the extra money. MyBookie, you play, you win, you get paid. All right, Brian, we got to talk about the defense because I think I saw Whitney Merciless have a sack. Whitney Merciless was part of the game today. Look at looky there. He's alive and well. Good to hear because uh, I was wondering, I was like, what are we going to do with this guy? Because I believe he has, what, two years left on his deal. You know, are we going to be shipping him out? Or are we going <laughs> to are we going to be re-signing him? Because, you know, we needed production. We need every guy on the defense, especially him, because we're so much better when he's clicking uh, as well. So good for him. Uh, not to mention Clowney, you know, with two sacks of his own on Cody Kessler. And, um, you know, we're going to talk about Cody Kessler and the uh, Blake Bortles switch in a little bit, but um, he was able to get to him uh, very well. And uh, Ty Matthew, he gets a sack and a pick off of Cody Kessler uh, as well. Just a lot of guys, uh, you know, doing their thing out there. Now, with Andre Hell, that's good. He got the start. Um, I I don't know in, in terms of how long it's going to take for him to get back to his old self. You know, um, we're not going to see him just crush it out there completely, but uh, I, I think he can get to where he is a productive member um, of the of the secondary, and they already think he is because they've already inserted him back uh, into the fold. The, the big thing of having him is you get somebody that's uh, – you get a lot more flexibility with the defense because yeah. with Dre Hal at safety, if you want to play Kareem some at cornerback, we know we'd rather have him at safety and, and, and just – I mean – Again, another big game by Kareem Jackson. He recovers that fumble at the 12-yard line. Zach Cunningham also playing way better. He forces the fumble. Uh, Whitney Merciless, not only did he get the sack, but he caused the fumble in the first possession of the game that Clowney recovered. That was him with the knockaway. So uh, the linebackers all across the board making plays. And these guys, I really felt like, you know, Calvin, they, they struggled early in the year. It just, it didn't look like the same guys, Merciless, Zach Cunningham, Clowney. And now we're seeing these guys, they're coming to life. And what a huge difference this makes in the defense, because this is now top 10 NFL defense. This is one of the top 10 defenses in the NFL. And they look like they're gaining momentum as the season goes along. 
Yes, you're right. It certainly helps that uh, in the midst of this four-game win streak, they're playing somewhat bottom-of-the-league offenses like today. Jacksonville was struggling last week. Uh, Baltimore was. They were able to force some turnovers against Dallas, and uh, Dallas is certainly not the same team on the road. So it helps when you you are struggling like that defensively, trying to get in a rhythm uh, in the middle of the season. You play – uh, these uh, somewhat weak offenses to try to get your confidence up, force some turnovers, win that turnover battle, and it gives you momentum going in uh, to week to week. So you form your you form your defensive identity, and you look to carry it over uh, th- throughout the season. We're already in week what is it uh, seven, so we're approaching the middle of the season. It looks like they're finally. Uh, getting in the rhythm and they're really going to keep it up week to week. Yeah, you make a good point because they have played weaker offenses and some of the quarterbacks that they've played outside of Tom Brady and Andrew Luck. You look at the quarterbacks, Mariota, their offense looks like a total trash fire right now. Uh, They they lose the game in London. Uh, They just can't seem to get touchdowns. They're, They're having the same red zone issues, but just issues all over the place for them. But you look at the quarterbacks, Mariota, Eli Manning, uh, Dak Prescott, I, I, of course, you know, he might be a little bit better if he had some wide receivers, but that's what they are. Uh, you face the Bills offense and, and the Nathan Petermans of the world and Josh Allen, who's just learning his trade. But the thing is, Brian, it doesn't look any better going forward for the quarterbacks that you're playing because on Thursday, they just have three get three days rest here. But on Thursday, it's Miami and Brock Osweiler, it's the heist, you know, the guy that uh, robbed us of all that money. That's who they're playing next. Then Case Keenum, who's struggling this year. Alex Smith, he's okay, but then it's Mariota. You know, Baker Mayfield is on on a learning curve as a rookie. Uh, You're back to Andrew Luck, but then you got a rookie in Sam Darnold. Um, I mean, you just go down the line and and through the schedule and the Texans, there's winnable games because if we're not facing great offenses, the Texans are going to be in the game because their defense is going to keep them in the game, I think. With the quarterbacks that we're facing, although it's going to be a challenge, uh, we know Brock Osweiler. We know his tendencies, and we all we have to do is just go in and just make sure those weaknesses are exploited. I mean, nobody – except for the Denver Broncos, would know Brock Osweiler's uh, tendencies as good as Bill O'Brien would. So I think we're going to win that game, and I think we're going to keep this thing rolling. Now, it's going to get difficult, especially because Andrew Luck is looking like his old self again. You can credit that to Frank Reich. You know, although he gave us the win, you know, our first win of the season and snapped the streak, uh, it's really working between those two. You know, he was a great hire to to make that happen. Sam Darnold, that's going to be an interesting one uh, looking up, and I'm really looking forward to that uh, as well. Baker Mayfield. There's none of these quarterbacks out there that really scare me, though. I think we'll be just fine. And definitely Blake Bortles didn't scare me. You know, he did bad enough to get benched for the backup quarterback, Cody Kessler, to which I do believe we faced him. I think Deshaun Kaiser was benched in the middle of that game, if I'm not mistaken. And then we 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 faced Cody and he was moving the chains at first. He was he was doing uh, what he was needing to do. And then all of a sudden, 
you know, the defense just figured out and said, okay, we need to make, we need to give him some attention. We need to make him pay if he tries to go out there and tries to run or tries to get cute. Jadavion Clowney, Tyron Matthew, you know, he, he, they limited uh, his progress. That touchdown pass, which was overturned because uh, there was a questionable call of whether it was a forward pass or not, and it was overturned. They got the touchdown. That's the only score they got for the game. So they got it off a technicality. But with Blake Bortles moving forward, you've got to play him. I mean, his his cap hit is 20, 20 million, I believe, uh, this year. It's fifteen million the next. He's that guy's not going anywhere. And uh, but if I were Doug Marone, I wouldn't worry about money. I would start Cody Kessler next week if I wanted to win games, because obviously there's something wrong in Blake Bortles' head. So I would love to know what Zach and Chris think over there at Locked On Jaguars. Did they see this coming? A benching in the middle of the game. So it, it'll be interesting uh, to see what the Jaguars do. But we don't have to worry about them for a while. Yeah, they, they we're not playing them till later in the season, and I yeah. hope they don't get it together. By then, and if you want to know what Zach and, and those guys think, uh, you know, check them out at Locked On Jags. They do a nice job over there. You can find out uh, their angle, the story. But yeah, stay stay with us. Stay with us. Uh, I, I want to get a couple things from you guys. We'll take a break for just a second, but uh, I want to get a couple things. Uh, this Carlos Hyde trade. I, I want to get your thoughts on that uh, from a Texans perspective. And also uh, just a little bit on the special teams because we haven't talked about them yet. Um, Some interesting stuff with the Texans special teams as well. But before we get there, um, just want to remind you, is your company looking for a new way to reach customers? Our show is the perfect way to do it. I could be talking about you guys right now. Just keep in mind that podcast listeners are 60% more likely to interact with sponsors they hear on their podcast. And our demographic, 98% male, It's more educated and earning more than traditional media audiences. So if you'd like to be a sponsor, you can email us at LockedOnTexans at Mail.com. That's LockedOnTexans at Mail.com. All right, guys, uh, a couple things I want to get your opinion on. Carlos Hyde, the Jags trade for him. Fifth round pick was all that they gave up for Carlos Hyde. We've talked about Le'Veon Bell as a possibility. Calvin, I might throw this to you. Is is Carlos Hyde, is that somebody that you would have considered if you were the Texans? Because, you know, it seems like they only trust Lamar Miller and Alfred Blue. You know, Miller has been a little bit banged up here and there. Deontay Foreman supposed to be coming back, but this is somebody that's coming back from an injury that nobody tends to come back with, come back from in the NFL all that well, especially if you're running back. So what about that? Would you have made that trade for Carlos Hyde, maybe given up a fifth-round pick or a fourth-round pick or something like that? Yeah, I mean, it certainly uh, looks – it would look, I I guess, if he was – if Nick Chubb – or Nick Chubb – of Carlos Hyde was on the trade block because the Browns did have Nick Chubb behind him. Um, If all you have to give up was a fifth-round pick, uh, that – it would have been – looked good – it would have looked good in my eyes. But I guess games like today, uh, Lamar Miller didn't have – it, I, I said earlier he didn't have a hundred yard game until uh, since uh, end of uh, December in 2016. So they uh, certainly could use like another, maybe another running back to throw in there to compliment uh, Lamar Miller and Alfred Blue. But I mean, we'll see how he helps out the Jaguars because they will see him in the last game of the season. I know the Jaguars also signed Jamal Charles, but he doesn't he hasn't gotten much run either. But if again, if you're looking, if you were, they were certainly looking for a running back. I certainly would have taken a look at. Uh, Carlos Hyde. What about you, Brian? 
Uh, fifth round pick. I mean, you know, you really could do something with that. I mean, if and then plus Carlos is 28. He's got the injury. You know, they could have really used that fifth round pick for something. But, you know, their situation is dire. They needed a uh, running back. But I, I, I really do think that the price was too high. But honestly, that's probably what it took to get the needle moving. And it it, it tends to be the Browns that love to do deals uh, with other teams. I mean, you know, they bailed us out of Brock Osweiler. And then we were able to get Deshaun Watson uh, as a result. So that's just continuously the way they, they do business. And maybe they can help them uh, with their running game. But again, like you said, Rob, you know, whatever they're doing, uh, hopefully it doesn't work. And, uh, you know, that we continue to uh, take over the, the division lead. Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to throw this out about Carlos Hyde, Brian, because, you know, the one thing that concerns me about the Texans running backs is they can't pass block real well. And Carlos Hyde, so far this season, his pass block grade is a 29.5. That's not good. Uh, that That's something that, you know, I, I, that would concern me about Carlos Hyde. He's not such an extraordinary running back that it makes up for it with uh, bad pass blocking. And and that's the thing that just bugs me. I mean, there was another play in this game where Alfred Blue and Greg Mance whiffed on the same guy. I mean, how can you both miss on one guy and Deshaun, you know, pays the price for that? And and that's the, the biggest concern with me about some of our running. It's not just the offensive line. We got tight ends that can't block. We got running backs that can't block. I say we, talking about the Texans, but your Texans team – they, they have problems. They've got issues with all these guys. It's just like get in front of somebody. Just that's all we were asking. Just get in front of them for long enough to, so Deshaun can maybe escape a little bit, can make that uh, throw to DeAndre Hopkins or Will Fuller. Um, and speaking of Will Fuller, guys, uh, I mean, geez, I mean, who, anybody want to talk about Will Fuller? Because over the offseason, that guy gained some serious muscle and he's shown it. And that third down play where he carries guys for a first that wasn't Will Fuller last year you could hit him with a piece of paper and he would get knocked over and and obviously it's doing is it's working wonders uh you know although you know he gets nicked up uh, during games and you know he was pulled out from one of the earlier games this season he's been relatively healthy and productive uh, by the way yeah, and that was a hamstring injury and you you can't really do anything about that you know there's it's it's all comes down to stretching and training uh from the coaches uh, to get that fixed up but um as far as his durability that's really helped with him putting on some weight and putting on uh some muscle that's what's needed. But uh, I'm really, really happy for Will Fuller because we need that deep threat. And I would love to see uh, him out there even more, you know, doing, uh, you know, deep passes uh, from Deshaun Watson. Yeah, yeah, I'd like to see him just go like w- there's just one play every every game where you throw it deep. And if, you know, you either overthrow it or he's open. They they, they had one play where Fuller if Deshaun threw it a little bit earlier, he could have got him. It was with this play where he scrambled. But you just want that play where Deshaun can actually sit in the pocket long enough to throw it to Will Fuller deep, and that's that's going to be a problem. And, of course, you mentioned Fuller, and he's sometimes in and out with injuries and QTs in and out with – and he gets injured. He gets the hamstring again. It just seems like the Texans can't th- go through a game where one of those two guys uh, doesn't leave the game with some sort of – hamstring or you know some some sort of neck injury uh that just uh it's 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 frustrating because those guys are so good and they add such an element to the texans offense and boy i mean brian you and i have talked about i'm sure calvin you noticed tyler irvin caught a pass what what in the slot yes 
was amazing. Well, you know, you, with Kiki Cutie getting hurt, you had to go on and, you know, do something about that. And, you know, we he did a lot of that at San Jose State, from what I understand. You know, that's why we drafted him, because of his versatility. So that's good that at least we can rely on him in the slot, in, in the pinch, because I don't know what's the deal with Bruce Ellington. I don't know what what's going on with him. Uh, why we haven't seen him? Is he is he still in that situation where uh, he just can't play, or or you know, why he's not uh, you know well, getting in some time? But I, I think he's on IR, isn't he? He's he's yeah, that's he, right. He's on he's on the injured list. I, I wouldn't count on Bruce Ellington the rest of the, but they're going to have to go get somebody because uh, it just seemed like they didn't want to play Sammy Coates in this game. And, you know, you're down with Ryan Griffin being out. I don't know how, how long that's going to be, if that's just like a one-week thing or if he's going to come back because, you know, Ryan Griffin, you could put him in the slot. I prefer that over him pretending like he can block or something like that because we know that's not the case. But, yeah, I mean, they're going to have to go find somebody. I mean, that that is a thing. Uh, they, they were able to survive and get their way through it this week. But, yeah, that's a big deal. And, Calvin, you, you got to give a, a little bit of a tip of the cap to the Texan special teams because, yeah, they get that fumble deep in, in Jacksonville territory, but that was set up by a fantastic Trevor Daniel punt. A.J. Moore puts it down on the one-yard line. The Texan special teams has become one of the top five or ten special teams in the NFL, according to Football Outsiders, their DVOA rankings. And uh, it's pretty, pretty sort, pretty good, accurate portrayal. And ever since that Titans game where they gave up the touchdown on that crazy play, the special teams has been rock solid. Yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth. I was going to say since that disaster, uh, I believe it was week two against Tennessee when they gave up, I think one of the only touchdowns of the game on that fake punt. It started, I think it started last week when they had uh, two uh, recoveries on a on a punt cover and then today the downing at the one and then on that kickoff when they were able to uh catch jack the jacksonville returner kind of uh messing with the ball and then they were able to down him inside the five i don't remember how many times they got him inside the 10 today but i think i remember the uh, cbs commentator saying the average starting the average starting uh position for the jaguars was about the 15 yard line all day so that 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 adds up throughout the game, and that really helps that Texans defense when you force the offense to drive uh, over 80 yards each drive, then your defense ends up looking really well. But, yeah, definitely the special teams have become the unsung hero the past few weeks. Yeah, it sounds like you got run over by somebody on the Texans special teams right there. <laughs> Live right near an airport, and they're, yeah, going to work today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, special teams looking good. Kaimi Fairbairn, you know, took care of his two field goals, and they weren't short once, 44 and 48 yards. That's a good thing. Uh, but Trevor Daniel, I, I don't know, Brian, what do you think? You think he's better than Shane Leckler? Is he doing stuff that we wouldn't have seen from Shane Leckler, do you think? He had some good punts. Uh, he had one where he put it right on the one. He had three inside the 20. Um, his average was was solid, I think, 48.7 yards per punt, uh, if I'm not mistaken. So I, I think he's doing the job decently. Eventually, you're going to have to have somebody there. I mean, Shane Leckler can't punt forever. I think Trevor Daniel has done enough to to keep his job. And, you know, there's no sense in trying to go back to Leckler. Obviously, you can tell with Leckler's value, he hadn't been picked up by a team yet. And, you know, he's going to be going down as the, one of the greatest punters in history, along with Ray Guy. But um, he's not with a team right now. So, obviously, that's, that's the situation. I don't know if Leckler wants to punt. I think he does. 
Wisconsin, but he just hadn't gotten the call. So, yeah, I, I think Trevor Daniels just fine. The Texans got the Texans got some breaks today. I, you know, they made they made some breaks, but they also got some breaks. You know, we we got to give a game ball to Keelan Cole because he can't catch, and that helped out the Texans a little bit. Um, also, Romeo Crennel he continues to do this and it bugs the hell out of me. You got a backup quarterback in there and Cody Kessler and the Texans, those last two or three drives, I wanted to see more pressure. There was a couple times finally at the end where he's adding a fifth and sixth pass rusher, but it's Cody Kessler and, and, and it's a bad group of wide receivers. Why aren't you blitzing? Run some guys at him. Make him make a quick decision. Make him do something. Make him think. This guy hasn't been playing first team. He wasn't expected to play today. And the Texans play some crap quarterbacks this year, and there's just been too many times where Romeo has way too much respect for them. And I still, it drives me nuts to see some sometimes how bad the Texans zone defense is. Guys get wide open. It, it's easy first downs on third and law, I just don't. That stuff bugs the crap out of me. I want to see more man coverage. I, I'm more about man coverage, and you know, just give them some safety help occasionally and stuff like that. But the Texans play off their guys too much. They make it too easy sometimes on third down. I mean, am I the only one that saw that in this game? Am I the only one that's kind of being gripey about it? A little bit, I, but ultimately, I, we put the pressure on them enough to, to, to you know, force some turnovers and to force, you know, a, you know, a sack and whatnot, a couple of sacks, um, as well as, uh, you know, that that turnover that was forced by uh, Tyron Matthew. So I, I think we did just fine. But I would love to see some blitzing. Uh, I, I'm with you on that. I would love to see it. But uh, did it ultimately affect the game in a negative way? It didn't. Well, Cody Kessler, you know. It, it, <laughs> He didn't help him, and the receivers didn't help him. Um, it, it seemed like, you know, they, they, they might have gotten a little bit of a break by the fact that, you know, they, they, the, the Jacks just made some mistakes. You know, they, they, they had some yeah. boneheaded stuff that happened. I, I don't know if it's, oh, yeah, I'm going to give Romeo the credit for that. Sometimes, you know, it's just the other team makes a mistake and you get the benefit of that. But, I mean, uh, yeah, Keelan Cole, he cannot catch the ball. That And – you know, they, they had some other drops too. Uh, it, it was, it was a fun game to watch. I tell you what, Brian, I know you feel this way. You would have just loved to have been at the game. So you could have just watched Jalen and Deandre just kind of go at it, you know, cause we, we oh, don't get that. We don't yeah. get that view, you know, watching on TV. You just, we it, only when they, you know, occasionally show up when they're involved in the play, but that, that looked like it would have been fun to watch the whole game. Oh man, I it, well it was uh, Everbank Field back. I was there in 2013, and you know we were bad. They were bad. Tickets were like five bucks. You know I I, I made that trip because of that reason. So, uh, but it, but yeah, it just the the matchup between Jalen Ramsey and uh, DeAndre Hopkins, especially the one for the touchdown catch. He didn't have any help from a safety. So he kind of does a little shift uh, to the left, and Jalen Ramsey doesn't catch it, doesn't catch what he's doing. So he goes in the end zone with a leap, and, you know, there you go. There, there it is. And Jalen Ramsey has been doing a lot of trash talking, and I think that's the problem because NFL guys remember that. <laughs> I think Tom, what Tom Brady, you know, in that thing that he does on Facebook, Tom versus time, you know, he was watching a video of Jalen Ramsey, you know, because he had talked trash about him. And now he's going to have to back it up because 
you know, so far, I mean, he's had some solid games, and I think today um, was pretty solid. But, uh, you know, you, you kind of put a target on your back uh, whenever you do that. Uh, that's that's just cornerbacks and wide receivers, though, in the NFL, isn't it? Richard Sherman, uh, Odell Beckham. I mean, we see over and over again. I just, That's just who these guys are. And I think you just have to, as part of it is just like exuding that confidence uh, because – uh, that that's your job. You you're on an island. You've got to pretend like you're not afraid of anybody, and that's the way he is. And you know, we we've had a guy. We had a guy wide receiver for a long time, and Andre Johnson that didn't do a lot of trash talking. And in DeAndre Hopkins, he doesn't do a lot of that either. But I mean, how many times we see it all, all these guys that, that they trash talk? I mean, that's just that's just what happens in the NFL. I I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's that's just the type of person he is. But again, um, I, I, you know, I would love to have him on my team, but we just don't have that luxury. But uh, it, it it was just a great battle to watch uh, between those two, and uh, you know, and he was, you know, you know, call. Remember the penalty that wasn't. Yeah, it was it was going to be a pass interference penalty, but then they went and, and looked it over. Oh, that was a bad call, and and yeah. I disagreed with that one and voiced my opinion on on Twitter. And also, the one handed catch by DeAndre Hopkins was just uh, another ridiculous oh, play. Yes, yeah. Oh yes. Oh, I agree with you there. Yeah, it just just an amazing catch. And what was it? A thirty yard gain, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that helped. That, I think that got the Texans. Uh, a field goal in that drive, if I remember correctly. Yeah. So yeah. that was, yeah, a big, were- was a big play. I mean, that was uh, a scoring drive, and it, it set it up. Um, but uh, if you look at it overall, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, it wasn't really a huge day. He had three catches for 50 yards, but, you know, he, he made his presence felt. I mean, that 30-yard play, uh, the, the pass interference late in the game that ended up Resulting in there was a holding, I think, late in the late in the game, those first down, and then of course, uh, one of his three catches was the touchdown. Uh, just beautiful uh, read that time by Deshaun, and nice move by DeAndre on Ramsey. Uh, he might have gotten away with a little like tap in in, in Ramsey's head, and I, I'm surprised the officials didn't call that. But you know that th- those guys they were probably doing that the whole game. The officials like we can't call everything with these two guys. Sometimes you just got to go on and let them play. I mean, it's just. You know, we want to see that, uh, you know, fans, you know, you know, we in terms of, you know, myself and then fans uh, uh, as well. This is something that 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 we would like to look at uh, as far as the battle. So keep it going. I can't wait till late December whenever these two uh, match up again. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm all for it. Any final <laughs> thoughts, Calvin? You got anything else from this one? I mean, you know, to me, this is who the Texans need to start being. I mean, we talked about early in the show, this is the identity, you know, turn the ball over. Don't turn it over yourself, but get, get turnovers, play defense, do special teams. And just, if Deshaun can keep this up, just don't get hit. (laughs) You know, don't take those bruises and beatings and don't throw the ball stupidly in, in the end zone for interceptions. Like he has been, if he could just do that, I think the Texans, they're going to be in it every game and have a chance to win, and and they should win. They've got a lot of teams coming up that they should beat. Yes, I agree. Yeah, the division, the AFC South is very weak this year. And then, yeah, Deshaun today, he tried to throw uh, some – force some balls in there into the end zone. Two almost were, were picked off, but he was able to escape with uh, no turnovers on the day, and they were able to uh, control the clock, run the ball, and 
yeah, like we like we said, form that identity. Uh, you know what you're going to get each and every week. This de- defense travels well. They shut up today on the road. You just got to count on that offense to not make mistakes. And I, with the schedule coming up, I I think they should be fine. Well, that's all we got for this one. Uh, don't forget, LockedOnTexas.com. Calvin's stuff is up on there on a regular basis. Uh, we got Andy's stuff, Talking Fantasy, every week on Wednesdays. If you haven't heard that or read his stuff, it's always good. He's been writing fantasy for 20 years He does a fantastic job. We've also got in the next show, Steph Stradley from the Chronicle is coming on with us to talk a little bit of Texans. That's our guest for the Monday show. Stay tuned for that one as well. Uh, You can get more Texans content, as I said, on LockedOnTexans.com. Brian's work talking Astros and Rockets and Texans and all of that is on HouseOfHouston.com, a fan site affiliate. Of course, you can also listen to my Houston Sports Talk podcast where we talk all about Houston sports over there with my co-host RG Seal. That's all we got for this one. It's a happy final. The Texans' sole possession of first place. Your Houston Texans have done it. Back from 0-3 to 4-3. and And they take the Jags 20-7 in this one. Uh, good, good one for the Texans as they try to make their way to the playoffs. Uh, we'll talk to you next time. As always, thanks for making us a part of your week. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 